This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, Christian. It's a pleasure to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for, for having me. Yeah, uh, the three of us, uh, you, Jason, and I were just chatting, and I can already tell it's going to be a very centered conversation. <laughs> and I say that with a pun intended, you know, uh, it is it's something that we need more and more these days as the world is turned upside down. A good reminder and a good coach in that essence is something that's always very, very useful in a time like right now. But before we dive into all the uh, variables that is your profession, I'd love to know, this is the question. Before you, say, before you say that. So this episode is dedicated to Blue Buddha. In the oh, in the background. Man. <laughs> yes. My How could we not be center with that lit up Blue <laughs> Buddha right. behind us? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I couldn't. No, I get, I get it. <laughs> My buddy Keenan Duncan, actually, uh, man, he he can build anything. And he stumbled on this, started making sales, and I'm so happy for him. And uh, he cool. doesn't come from a family of entrepreneurs, which is the question I was going to ask you. Do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs, business owners? Not really. I, I, I come more from, from a professional uh, family. My dad was a psychiatrist. Um, and my mom was, you know, mother of nine kids. So she was mostly a mom. That was a real job. And later years, she took a job at a doctor's office. And so, so Yeah. And it's interesting because I, I studied psychology and um, my dad being a psychiatrist, I always thought that I always had this inclination. So, you know, thinking and even before that, I grew up in a really Catholic family, like hence the nine kids. Um, <laughs> and when I was a kid, I thought I wanted to be a priest. You know, I went to Catholic Jesuit high school. Um, so I think I've always had this this part of me that wanted to make a difference in people's lives that wanted to help the world and it looked different differently at different points you know first a priest and then i realized that that environment that religion in which i was raised didn't have enough room for me then the psychiatry or the psychology and then i realized that there was missing a really big component um which was the the spiritual um and which is you know symbolized by the buddha behind you and so my approach as a coach, it's psycho-spiritual. It blends both. I I think it's an interesting approach to take and one that's necessary. I mean, you can't remove the humanity from the mental phenomenon, right? The humanity exactly. is that we strive for something that we can't put our finger on, that things happen that we can't explain in life. What exactly. are we supposed to do with that, right? And exactly. what are we supposed to hold on to when nothing makes sense? I, I understand it. Um, and I think it's a, you know, I myself come from, I'm one of 18 total. So I know, I know what, what? that's like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know what that's like. 
Uh, wow. And I, I also had, had in the past considered going down the route to become a psychiatrist because a lot of the, the things that I like doing are one-to-one with people. Uh, but I also don't like school. So <laughs> it, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not a good combination. So I think it's really fascinating that that, that is how you saw things unraveling. Now, where did it start to really, really become something like this is actually a profession I can take forward where not only can I make a living, but I can continue to do it by helping people actually achieve what they're looking for. It's been probably 30 years, a little bit over 30 years um, that I've been doing this work, you know, doing live workshops and retreats and taking people to, to beautiful places in the world, like, you know, Peru or Southern, Southern France, Hawaii, New Mexico. Um, so, but then of course the pandemic hit two years ago and my, my income came to a screeching halt. Um, so what I've known for years that I needed to do, actually, I'm, I'm grateful without, without minimizing the tragic part of the, of, of the pandemic for me, it was good, right? Because I went from a hundred thousand miles on a plane a year to nothing, and so it forced me to set my butt down and get this book that I've been, you know, brewing in my head for 10 years. I, I got it out of my head and onto the computer screen. Um, and then it forced me, like I'd known for years that I needed to create virtual programming, you know, for people who may never be able to come to one, one of my weekend retreats. And COVID forced my hand. I had to. So I've I've developed a couple of virtual coaching programs and one is shorter you know more accessible for five six weeks the other one is a year long and much a deeper dive that's that sounds about right i mean if you're going to go on a spiritual journey you better be prepared for a long haul uh and i love that that you finally sat down and 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 got the book done because according to my notes here gloria stefan said it is a balm for the soul of anyone searching for truth and answers to life's difficult questions i mean getting a stamp from gloria stefan i mean i maybe not everybody in america knows but gloria <laughs> stefan's like an icon so she to have her icon, give a stamp yeah. that is Excellent. How did that come about? I still can't believe that happened. Um, it still blows me away that I, that I got an endorsement. Because you know what? It's a great story uh, because I, I courted her. I, I, some people might say stalk, but it's not. No, it was more like... It was more like <laughs> no, it's really, I'm exaggerating. The, I knew she was speaking at a pub. She was being honored at some nonprofit gala in Miami when I was living there. And... And she and Emilio are like really good, you know, community members. They're they're very generous, incredibly generous. So I I've always loved her not only musically but also as a human being. And so after she spoke on the way out, I made a beeline to make sure that I met her. And she was very generous. She was like talking to anybody who wanted to talk to her. And I and I said to her, "You, this is so great meeting you because when I was in high school before." Gloria was Gloria when there were still Miami Sound Machine. They used to play at our high school bands, uh, high school dances. And so we laughed about that. And and then I told her about this book and it has a particular message about not only personal empowerment, but women's empowerment specifically. So she gave me her manager's card. And that's the part that took two years getting through the the watchdog. It turned out he was a great, really nice guy. But he was doing his job, just filtering access to her. 
And, you know, after multiple emails, I was about to give up. And I said, you know what, let me let me rethink this. What, why would she do that? She probably gets this kind of request all the time. So what would be in it for her? And then I thought the book is part of a series on personal empowerment. But it's part of a series that's called Calling All Heroes, about what it means to live heroically in the 21st century. Um, and so I framed it that way. And I, and I did some research. And I found out her dad um, had been a... had fought for Cuba's, you know, freedom as my parents had. Um, and so I said, you know, the sacrifices that our parents made towards a larger cause of freedom, you know, it's nothing less than heroic. And they definitely put a price for that. And and then I said, the way that you recovered in, in such a public way from your, your bus accident and, and your back injury has made such a difference in so many lives all over the world. It's a story of inspiration and, and overcoming obstacles and challenges. Um, and so then I and then I acknowledge her for the generosity where she she's supported a lot of Latino and Latina artists to to make it. And so she said, would you help this fellow Cuban American reach a broader audience with this really life changing message? Um, and about another two months go by and I said, oh, that's it. It's not going to happen. I have to go to press. And I thought, you know what? Just one more email. And I, and I sent it, I, I reached out to her manager again. Um, and I said, Hey, I'm not stalking you. I just want to make sure you're getting my messages and you got the book. And this time he finally responded within an hour. He got back to me he said, Hey, she's almost done with the book. She's loving it. Can you give us another week? It's like, yes, <laughs> I'll give you a month if you want. Um, and, and so it's a story about not giving up, about persistence and about going for what you're like from the beginning. She was always my first, like my first endorsement that I, that I would have wanted. Oh man. What a great story. Thank you for sharing that. And you're a great storyteller, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I love that you brought those themes up because Jason himself is, has served in the military prior to all this actually while maintaining a bunch of businesses for like 20 plus years wow. you know so the idea of hero heroic and 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 the sacrifices made i mean yeah uh all around the world uh, i think it's something that uh, he himself can resonate a lot with the message of, of the work that you're doing jason i'm sure you have thoughts here on this yeah completely because we live in an angry world i mean let's just face it Jesus, my wife came home today from dropping our son off at school and at a stoplight turns green and she's going and just about got T-boned. People are honking at her for stopping, you huh. know, and it's just like the world's just became angry and confused. Right. Yes. So, yes, you know, you go back to putting these pieces together with, you know, the confusion of religion and psychology and all these things. And then all the business rules in life and all these, it's a lot of stuff for somebody to like yeah. balance all that stuff, right? Every single day. So no matter what, something always gets put on the back burner, no matter what, because we're humans and there's only 168 hours in a week. There is no more than that. That's all we get. So you have to pick and choose what things are most important. And a lot of the foundational things in a lot of our lives 
that we used to really ha- hold high beliefs in have gotten put on the back burner. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I look at our, our kids, you know, right during the pandemic stuff, I mean, we couldn't go to church, right? There was, we just couldn't even go to church, right? So it's like a lot of kids are growing up without that experience. And I don't, it, I don't, I wouldn't say it's good or bad. It just is what it mm-hmm. is. But what are the, what are the effects going to be later yes. on in life? And that to me, that's what's really important. And, and I imagine your book talks a lot about that. And super cool. She endorsed it, by the way. And, <laughs> and, and that in itself, right? That is a story of resiliency on your part, right? Yeah. Because most people nowadays, it's like, well, I'll send an email. I don't hear nothing back. Yeah, whatever. You know, they just <laughs> give up, right? And if you want something, you got to work hard enough to get it. So yeah, a, that's yeah. a great example of that right there. <laughs> yeah, so much wisdom in, in what you just said, Jason. And, and, and yeah, you know, we're living, I think you're right. I think underneath the anger, which is a more surfacey emotion, is like people are freaking out underneath. And there's so much confusion, as you said. Like we're living in times of dramatic, dramatic change. Everything's kind of up for grabs. Even, you know, gender definitions what it means to be a man what it means to be a woman everything everything's being redefined the worldwide economic system is like you know seems like it's being held up by scotch tape um we could say we're living in apocalyptic times um you know with global plagues and pandemics and fire falling down from the sky in the form of missiles and airplanes flying into buildings so yeah, scary times. And I think sometimes just to wake up in the morning and make our bed is a heroic act. Um, and, you know, it's easy for us to like, look at you, you with your military background and say, wow, yeah, he's a hero or, or a first responder. And, and that's another one of the benefits of the pandemic that I see is that it's forced us, it's helped us to expand what it means to, to be a hero. Because now we include our healthcare practitioners or doctors, or, or nurses, or respiratory therapists, and I would even include the delivery people and the grocery store clerks who made real sacrifices um, in their own lives and placed them, them, themselves at risk for the sake of the rest of us to keep the rest of us going and fed for and provided for. Um, and so then that begs the question, you know, what about the rest of us? What does it mean to live heroically? in the 21st century. And that's what I dive into in in this book, which is the first of a series. This one in particular focuses on empowerment. Like what is, how do we step into power, personal power, in a way that's not about hierarchy, control, fear, force, domination, manipulation. How do we step into power in a way that doesn't require that we push anybody down, step on them in order for us to feel powerful? Um, and the thing is that most of us struggle with issues around power. You know, there's a part of us that wants it. There's a part of us that's afraid of it. So we have a kind of ambivalent, conflicted relationship with power. And and part of it is because I think that what we fear that if we really stepped into our power, into our full-on, full-ass potential, um, other people wouldn't be able to handle it. And we might end up rejected alone. And who wants that? I think we also fear that we might abuse it. And no wonder how many abuses of power have we all witnessed? 
throughout our lives. And all we, all we got to do is turn on the news any given day to witness at least one abuse of power. And, and then on top of that, we've been conditioned to believe that power is bad. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And who wants to be corrupted? But what they didn't tell us about that quote is that Lord Acton was speaking specifically about political power, not personal power. And so when you add to that mix, the fact that all of us, and particularly men, uh, have been conditioned to run away from the emotions. We, you know, we've turned the emotions into, into weakness. When you put all of that into, into the mix, right? So we hate conflict. We avoid confrontation. What happens is that we give away our power. We sell out on our power. How many times have we said yes to something when inside? We didn't really want to do it. And inside, it really wasn't okay with us. But to avoid conflict, we overrode our true feelings, our desires, our beliefs. And we said yes. Um, and, and it's not a good strategy because what happens is that we, we've given away, we continually give away our innate inherent power that nobody can give to us. Nobody can take it away. We are the only ones who give it away. And the tragic part, the lame part, is that we give it away, we settle for an illusion of security, a false sense of acceptance, and morsels, crumbs of pseudo-love. So it's not a good strategy. Yeah, man. Um, and then there's the other side of it with a majority of entrepreneurs being atypical in terms of personality, which I think is just, uh, alluding to what you said earlier, it's just a surface shell that speaks to other things that may be going on. Although there are some people who just genuinely are the opposite of what society would deem okay. And that is a fascinating thing to look at, I'm sure. And the psychological work that, you, that you've studied, uh, that speaks for itself. But entrepreneurs, more than anyone, I mean, you wake up in the morning and you realize that today is payroll uh, due date and you uh, you may or may not actually have that money in the bank. And how are you like, that's like you said, making the bed that day when you get that news and you know that that's your circumstance is a heroic act. I'm going to start yeah. my day anyway, when everything is clearly falling apart, I'm going to show up to my meetings, show up with my team for my team, like yeah, yeah. the sheer willpower it takes to push on when you're the one that's taking the slings yeah. and arrows on the back. So your team can be, <laughs> yeah. that's like, that's the people that I believe yeah. need the spiritual power the most. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, that's, that's so true. What you're saying. I, I work with a lot of coaches. So I coach a lot of coaches um, and they ask me, well, how do, how did you do this? You know, how, how have you done so well? Because compared to the, the mass of life coaches and executive coaches out there, I've been doing this for a long time and I've, and I've do fairly well. Um, and my answer is, you know, it's like the same word. It's like persistence. Do you know how many times over the course of the last 30 years I had an event and three, four people showed up and I kept at it. And, and, and a lot of the people that I work with, you know, some of them, like I was just talking to one who had a certification for 10 years and and because of, you know, the imposter syndrome, thinking that he wasn't ready, he didn't know enough, he just kept putting it off and get another certification like so many of us do. 
um, because deep down inside, he didn't feel like he was good enough that he was qualified. Within just a few months of, of starting this coaching program with me, he's launched his own group. Um, within a month, he had three paying clients. So, so yes, this all the stuff, all the fear, all the self-doubt, all the stuff that we have given our power away to, all the stuff that happened in the past that that resulted in, in self-doubt, insecurity, not feeling like we're good enough, all that stuff can be healed and it can be overcome. And I know that from a personal perspective, because I can tell you, my adolescence, one long depression, suicidal fantasies, um, as I struggled with, with um, you know, profound existential questions. Um, and so... Flash forward to today, no matter what happens in my life, no matter the the, the details or, or the circumstances, whether a relationship works out or it doesn't, whether a project succeeds or it fails, in quotes, never, ever, ever, ever do I question my, my self-worth. My sense of self is, is established and unshakable. And so I know if that can happen in me, that can happen in anybody. Man. Right on. Uh, <laughs> I just, I think, I think I can feel when you speak that it comes from a place of like actual experience in what you've had to overcome and also the number of people that you've met along the way that you've helped. You know, this works. You know exactly. that it can be done. Uh, you can always hear it in someone when they've said it. And it's not unless you've practiced it. <laughs> 10,000 plus times that it'll ever sound the way you just delivered it. Uh, and yeah. I think that's, that's something that's really needed. Like, you know, take, for example, again, uh, Jason as a military background, let's talk about like the horrors that they see and, and how, and, and how difficult it is to assimilate back, you know, um, therapy is one way of doing it, you know, but I, I, I truly believe and just from the people that I've met and that I've known, you know, my own uncle was in the Marines and things of that nature. Like, there is a higher level they need to ascend to in order to anchor the lower levels. Mm. Um, and again, I never went to war, so I don't know. But I, from what I've seen, I, I've seen how it leaves people. And to not have an anchor like that, that's where artificial anchors like drugs and alcohol and other yes. things try to fill that space, you know, and that, and the same goes for entrepreneurs, right? So the work you're doing, I know how important it is. And especially the fact that you've gone to that level higher, which is you're helping the coaches who even do the work. And that only increases the level of impact your work actually has. And that's something that I think entrepreneurs often uh, gloss over um, is there's a way to expand the impact of the work you do without expanding the work that you're doing. You know? Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you just said too, which is to, you know, so many of us are also driven by perfectionism, and we have these impossible standards, um, to through which we measure ourselves. And sometimes I feel like, for you know, as an entrepreneur for thirty something years now, um, one thing that I learned along the way, which is like. Don't worry so much about the external measurables. Like, of course, you have to keep an eye on your bank account and that kind of stuff, of course. Um, but I think sometimes the reason that that I can say that that what I've done is like just, you know, one foot in front of the other. And one day after the next, 
um, and just keep showing up and keep keep giving it my best. And and when we do that, um, I think the rest of it kind of kind of follows, kind of comes together. Trusting in the uh, in the intuitive process. Um, yeah. Before before I go over to some of the 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 closing end out, I want to check in with Jason. I, I know we've been talking here. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know at the end of the day, if you want to get better, if you want to be a better guitar player, you got to play a guitar. <laughs> right if you want to be a better shooter if you like to shoot weapons like i do you got to go out and actually do it right so at the end of the day there's there's the the want and then there's the execution right mm-hmm. and if you don't ever execute you'll never get to fulfill the want or the desire or whatever it is right so if i want to be a guitar player and I want to be the next ACDC. Well, <laughs> I'm never going to get there if I don't get on there and riff it out like ACDC, right? Um, so, so I think a lot of people struggle with that part of it. Of you know, they want to do a lot of things, but then it's the execution part. Yeah, where people get hung up, right? And and I always say, stop looking jump off the damn cliff and build the wings <laughs> on the way down. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and just yeah. hope you got a ratchet, not a manual <laughs> 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 and put it together and fly. Right. Yeah, and hopefully the, the hope is, well, not hope. Hope's not a very good course of action, but, um, but you know, the idea is you put that last screw in right before you hit and you take flight. Right. So yeah. it's the idea behind it, but, in, in concept, I don't know if I'd actually really try to do that, but uh, <laughs> well, I, there's, I actually, there's someone out there. <laughs> I actually do. I actually believe that's true, and yeah. and that's and I use that same metaphor when I teach about trust and how to move mm-hmm. into trust, especially in these times of chaos and fear and uncertainty. Um, and and you know we don't have time to dive into it today, but but understanding the ego mind is really really important. Mm-hmm. That's the part of us that that wants to to maintain the status quo, even when the status quo is miserable, um, or at the very least comfortable. Um, and it's the part that that defends, that takes everything everything personally, that judges, that stuck in victim consciousness, etc. That defends everything. Um, whereas the other part of us, the 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 more authentic part of us, call it the soul, call it the higher self, call it whatever you want to call it. Um, like we know trust and we know at some level that when we take that leap off the cliff, either the net's going to show up or better yet, like you're talking about the wings sprout and we're going to soar. Um, but you're absolutely right. We It's not going to happen in a vacuum. We got to take that first step. And I always think about too, the other image I, I love is from that Indiana Jones movie. I forget which one it is, but he's standing on the, on the cliff and there's a huge endless chasm. And then on the other side is what he's trying to get to, the, the Holy Grail. Um, and it's not until he figures out that he has to take a step into the void that the stone shows up, shows up, the, the bridge shows up and, and supports him. And that's sort of that's sort of how trust works. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. We have to initiate that. And that's heroic. It's a heroic act. Yeah. 
Oh, there's so much value to what you're saying. And it, it's reminding me of so many things. Uh, like I had been on a, a show for a singing competition in Florida. It's a Spanish singing competition. And I saw a lot of people were nervous. And even I started getting nervous, just seeing other people getting nervous in the back and only to realize you have to be able to trust, right? In the work you've done prior to this moment that got you here and know that it's always going to be there. Sort of that idea of object permanence and how kids who speak two languages actually develop that in their brain faster than kids that don't. Uh, the idea of I, I see something and when I turn around, I can still count that it's there as opposed mm. to the minute I turn around, it's disappeared, right? That idea of object permanence. Well, mm. it's time that we take stock and say, we have experience permanence, right? And, and we can, mm. we can vouch for ourselves and believe and trust in ourselves. I think there's a very powerful message there and what yes. you're both sharing with us. Uh, with that said, where can people go to connect with the work that you're doing and learn more about you? Thank you for asking that. The book is titled Awakening the Soul of Power. And so you can get it at your local bookstore if you want to support them, or you can get it on Amazon. And probably in terms of reaching me, probably my website is best. And from there, they can get to my social media. And that's soulfulpower.com. S-O-U-L-F-U-L, power, P-O-W-E-R.com. And for your for, for your audience, anybody who goes to, to soulfulpower.com and gets on my email list, and we know how easy it is, it is to click on subscribe if, if it doesn't work for you. But anybody who gets on my email list will send them a sample chapter from the book. Which And it's one that talks about what it means to live heroically um, in the 21st century. We'll send them some power practices that are designed to integrate the teaching so they don't stay at the level of information. We all know we don't need more information. We've got information overload. What we need is transformation. And that only comes from really applying teachings to our lives and living them. Um, and then we'll send them a... a a guided meditation that I did on on how to move into trust in these times of, of fear and chaos and uncertainty. I'm with it, man. I, I'm going to check it out. I just wrote it down. And while we're on this subject, before we go to the closing uh, statements, I would also like to take this opportunity to give a shout out to someone who made this episode with you and the deep teachings that we're reviewing possible. And that is, uh, Blue University, BLU University with Ryan Jackson. If you ever wanted to learn about business or entrepreneurship and hate the idea of spending years getting a degree or going into a bunch of debt just to end up working for somebody else, if you've spent a bunch of years developing skills but still can't knock that out, uh, well, Blue University is something that's created by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. And they've accomplished real success. In fact, they're still, it's not like they just moved into teaching. They still every day have to apply the same things. And they're teaming up with our podcast. Uh, and they're giving you a chance to go to blu.university, blue.university for more information. And if you apply, you'll get to be able to take advantage of a 20% tuition discount by using the code SAB20 which is part of this podcast. Uh, it's just great to have people like that. So a big shout out to Blue University and also to you, Christian, because the work that you're doing directly impacts likely some of these people who are in these 
courses <laughs> here teaching others. So it's just incredible to see the kind of things that we've been able to do. So if you could go back to a time, knowing what you know now, to a mm-hmm. time when you were sitting there and you had nothing but doubts and existential questions and uh, leaning on that, and you just hadn't reached that centeredness yet. It's not that it's ever permanent. It's a moving target, right? But we're talking about the younger you, less adapted to the realities of that. What would you say to yourself knowing what you know now about life and about what's really happening internally? Oh my God, if I could only know then what I know now, life would have been much easier. Um, I would just like take them in my arms and hold them and say, hang in there. You're going to not only get through this, but you're going to have an amazing life that you can't even begin to imagine. And the amount of, of self-love and self-acceptance that, that you are going to feel one day is like you can't even begin to imagine. So just hang in there. Wow. Yeah, yeah man. That's powerful. Some of us don't realize how bad we need a hug. <laughs> oh man with that said uh check in with jason here i think we're ready for the grand finale all right so for a million bajillion dollars in points actually no dollars (laughs) just points uh if (laughs) if you could have invited anybody to this conversation christian who would you have loved to have had here anytime point place in the world dead or alive who would Hmm. you have loved to have had here and why them huh that's interesting you know, I think two people that for me and who embody um, this kind of soulful power that we're talking about, you know, the, the 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 power that doesn't need to prove anything to anybody that and it doesn't have an agenda um, and it's not self-aggrandizing, like trying to prove to the world that it's much bigger than it actually is. I think of people like Gandhi in his simple monastic robes your sandal feet from looking at him and the tiny little body, his little glasses, you would never know how much power he held until it's necessary, until it was called for that. And and he brought the British empire to its knees when it was at his highest point in terms of global influence and global reach without ever shooting a gun or landing a punch. Um, And to me, that's power. Right? That's the kind of power that I think we need to have. Uh, because otherwise, if, if we keep like the direction that we're going with this hierarchical power over, you're going to do it my way or the highway, um, this cowboy and patriarchal and unhealthy expression of masculinity type of power, um, we're going to end up just blowing each other up. In, and ironically, in the name of God. Um <laughs> Little irony in that, ain't there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't have to look too far for someone doing that, right? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Sad but true. No, it's powerful. Uh, you said two people, though. Yes. Oh, Mandela. You know, Mandela is another one who, you know, it's just, it's just so hard to fathom. Like he could say after 20 years in, in prison that he was able to say that. Like they had people, somebody asked him, like, how could you forgive the people who put you in prison and who kept you there? And he said something that to me was so wise, um, which was, if I hadn't found a way to forgive the people who imprisoned me in my heart, I would still be in prison. 
And, and, and to me, that's so powerful. It talks about freedom being a, a state of mind. And I've talked to I've talked to a couple of people who you know are highly evolved spiritual beings who had time in prison and they and, and they echoed that. They said you could be in prison and be free. And, and like so many of us who are not in prison, and yet we're not free. Man, deep stuff, deep stuff. Yeah. Soulfulpower.com. That's where you want to go to get more of this juice. Uh, with that said, it's tradition around here for Jason to close this out. So, Christian, I'm going to let him close this out, but it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Yeah. And before Jason goes, I wanted to thank you, Philip and, and Jason, you too, for, for having me on the show and for having the show. Because in your in your willingness to have the show, I know many, many lives are being impacted. So, so thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I love these, like sometimes these, these conversations that transcend us again, right? When you get into these conversations and they're just great reminders. Sometimes when we're feeling that little bit of tension or a little bit of that stress that, you know, it's going to be all right. (laughs) And uh, it's always going to be all right. Most times, most of the time, we are our worst enemy and we have to, we have to learn to get out of our own fight sometimes and, you know, transcend ourselves a little bit better because humans were meant to evolve and it's when we stop evolving that we're in trouble. That's for sure. So Mm. thank you for being here. It was a pleasure having you on the show. And uh, keep doing good work, brother. You're out there doing uh, whosoever work you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, you see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> right All on. right. Cheers. 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 Thank you. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.